We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I am your host, Jake Burns, and for a quick Thursday episode, not much going on, as you know, if you're following along closely with the Browns, but we do have some updates for you through the OBR. We have a breakdown of Michael Dunn's contract, which is important. We continue to put up mock draft information every day, so there are a couple different mock drafts available. I'm going to put up two mock drafts every day for you to consume uh, and take in as we're just now seven days away from the NFL draft, which will be a lot of fun. And a reminder, the OBR will be doing live coverage of the draft every night on Twitch and YouTube, so you can find us even during the first round when we are not going to see the Browns active, will be available. Obviously, more in detail on the second night of the draft as the Browns are set to have two picks during that time, maybe more, maybe less. And then all day Saturday when the draft starts up around noon, we will be there to cover everything the Browns do on a day where they should have upward of six picks during that day. Again, that could fluctuate and move, but that will be the day. We'll be doing some live on-site uh, coverage uh, together as a team up in Cleveland, and then we'll have some people zooming into the whole operation as well. So it should be a pretty fun draft weekend. I'm not sure if I gave you guys those details, so I wanted to put that out. Today, like I said, a couple things that are of note. If you have not noticed the Browns are doing a fan-guided um, operation here where you can submit a rebrand, redesign, whatever you want to call it, of the Cleveland Browns dog logo. I will just say it is a fan vote operation, and there are some truly catastrophic images that are being uh, placed out there of the dog representation. So if you're a fantastic graphic designer or you want to use some AI operation to put out something that's better than what we have seen I really encourage you to do so because right now they're terrible and I'm, I'm hoping that the organization is smart enough not to go with anything we've seen, but that's an opportunity for you if you are the artistic mold to submit your Cleveland Browns dog logo rebrand uh, as a potential winner. I don't think you actually even get anything for it and I think the Browns actually get to take it and use it at will, but nonetheless, you could get your 
opinion out there heard and possibly uh, be responsible for the image they use to recreate the dog. So uh, have at it, if you will. Uh, like I said, Michael Dunn's contract's the only real piece of not- notable news that is out there. Um, I talked to you guys when they brought him back last week, or maybe that was Monday. I don't know. It all blurs together about how he has had injury issues, right? Uh, 24, uh, sorry, 54 snaps in 2020, 128 snaps in 2021. And then he was the sixth offensive lineman last season and still did not play very many snaps again, because he's dealing with these back injuries. But when he's right, you know, Bill Callahan loves him. So they think he's a good player. I think he's a good player, but the injury issue is very real. And with that injury issue means he doesn't see any real money, right? He can have a cap number of 1.01 if they keep him, around a base salary of 1.01, but there's no guarantees tied to the deal for Dunn. So I'm sure he was out there exploring the market and uh, possibly didn't find anything, and Cleveland wanted to bring him back, but they wanted to protect their own cap here. So it's the cheapest deal Dunn could possibly sign, as he has three accrued seasons Uh, to this point in the NFL. He can't sign a veteran salary benefit deal until he's played more uh, one more year, so can't get that option. We've talked about the veteran salary benefit for guys like Anthony Walker. Uh, we referenced it also uh, for one other guy. I cannot remember off the top of my head. I think it was Taki Taki uh, was the other one that, that received some of that veteran salary benefit deal. He can't get that yet. So there's no guarantees. So he'll be battling from ground zero here to make the roster uh, done well. And again, he's got a leg up. He's been around the organization for three years. So it's not like he can't do this, obviously, but there's no money tied into the decision whether to keep him or not. And there will probably be more money tied into some of the undrafted free agents that they end up signing. So Dunn, needless to say here, needs to come into camp ready to go, um, you know, fit to participate and, and impress and earn a roster spot over some of these others that are going to be making a little bit more of a guarantee than him. Uh, because he's making none, that means, like I said, he needs to blow them away to earn some money. So uh, hopefully Michael Dunn can do that. I think he's a talented football player and it would alleviate some burdens on the cap if they were to go out and make some sort of other move. Uh, I don't know what that would be, but you never know when you're dealing with depth issues and not wanting to force draft picks, especially for interior offensive linemen. Yeah, let's switch over, though. We're going to go ahead and talk about draft linebackers in this. So I'm going to give you my big board on these players. Real quick break, though. Word from our sponsors. We will be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So when we're looking at linebacker, you guys have probably heard me be pretty vocal about my uncertainty about the position, a little more so 
than I think people are giving it credit for. They brought back Anthony Walker, was the only linebacker we really heard them connected to as far as a starting-level linebacker. Other than that, they didn't make any sort of move that indicated that they wanted to really upgrade the position. But with the guys they brought back, which the big names they brought back, their own guys, Sione Takitaki on that veteran salary benefit, Anthony Walker on the same, you're talking about two guys who were seriously hurt last year. Takitaki tears the ACL in Week 13. He's not going to be back till midseason at a decent form. Could be back a little earlier than that in terms of like the, the actual target date, but coming back from ACL tears, it takes some time. Anthony Walker coming off a quad injury that ended his season early in the year. Some injury uncertainty there. Jacob Phillips, once again, coming back fourth year now for him out of LSU, has been hurt three of the four years. I, you know, I don't know. I don't really know. Like I said, he's going into his fourth year, so he's been hurt three of those years for significant portions of it. You're nervous about that, right? There's, there's uncertainty about his ability to stay healthy. JOK at linebacker, uh, obviously the most talented of the group by a significant amount, but has had chunks of injury issues, went on IR late last year, had the ankle injury his first year in the NFL. So fantastic football player, but has not been a beacon of consistency playing 17 games. They brought back Jordan Kunizic and gave him a little guaranteed money, so they do feel like he's a core special teamer. He's played a little bit at the linebacker position, largely out of necessity last year as the injury issues completely debilitated the group, but that's it. So then the others that you're looking at, Tony Fields, who has some little bit of buzz that the Browns are, uh, this defensive staff is higher on. Jim Schwartz likes him. They brought in Matthew Adams, uh, who was formerly with Chicago. Uh, We'll see. He's got more special teams background than anything else. The other two on the roster are UDFA types, uh, Sam Kamara out of Stony Brook, who will be in his second year around the NFL, and Story Jackson out of Liberty. So those are the guys on the actual documented roster. You can see why, yeah, they can get by, but I would certainly like them to add to this position in the draft with eight picks. Even if they go down to seven, it's a spot where I would, I would like to see them grab somebody. So when you're looking at this, it's it's a tricky big board to make. Right, because like I'm extremely high on Jack Campbell, and there are some times where he will slip into the 60s on some of these boards, and you could see the Browns do something similar to what they did with JOK, where they maybe swap a pick early for later, move up now, move back later, and they're able to go get a guy like Jack Campbell. I've seen some people love him so much as far as Buffalo circles where they're okay with taking him in the first round. He's the second-ranked linebacker, a second-round grade on Pro Football Focus's big board, he's the third-ranked linebacker behind Drew Sanders and Trenton Simpson and Dane Brugler's uh, Beast Athletic Guide, right? So he's extremely talented. He's 6'5", 246. Uh, he's a long-tackling machine, sideline-to-sideline range. I think he reads, processes, closes extremely well, consistent tackler. There's people that have some concerns about the man coverage and how well he's able to physically take on blocks and shed blocks, but I don't see it as a massive issue for him. I, I think that there's some overblown stuff. Like Sports Info Solutions has him at 71 on their big board. They still rank him third at the position, but they have him down at 71, whereas Dane has him as the uh, on the overall big board. He has him number 52. So you can see why Like there's possibility that he could slip, fall a little bit if teams in a rush of picks don't have a desire for a linebacker. I mean, he's a special athlete. He's 22 and a half, so he's not... Um, he's not necessarily the young 21 that they would love at pick 74, 
but the special athleticism, a 9.98, tied for the third-best linebacker score uh, in the tracking of relative athletic scores up there with Luke Keekley, those types, he's he's gifted. 4.6540 with a two, an elite 2.67158 split, 20 and 10 times there. His three-cone and shuttle were elite. His uh, explosion scores were elite at 10-foot broad, 10.8, 37-and-a-half vertical, 6.4-and-a-half, 250 is an elite size mark. So, yeah, I mean, the hands are big. The arms are long enough for the position. A 91 PFF grade last year. I think he does a really nice job in zone coverage, feeling out route concepts, running underneath second-level routes, being able to carry the seam effectively. He was number um, nine last year in coverage stops with 19 uh, at the NCAA level, which is extremely strong. He had a couple interceptions. So, I mean, as far as a guy I think who can sort through run concepts, get downhill, make plays, he's got the testing data that backs up the athlete. Jack Campbell's at the top of my list. So, Iowa product for that one. Next one is Tulane's Dorian Williams. He comes in at number two for me. Played more Mike linebacker, and obviously Jack Campbell's a Mike linebacker, and that's where I think the Browns could use more depth. More Mike linebacker. Some people see him as more of a will maybe where JOK is, but I think he can play Mike effectively enough. Fast, rangy middle backer. I think he communicates well, knows how to find the football. Uh, there is some concern outside of that range, the navigation stuff, the the quarterback of the defense that he can consistently shed, take on blocks. And now we talk about this with JOK, his ability to sort of uh, beat tackles, beat guys with speed and be able to recover, get where he's supposed to go. Maybe not necessarily take on people all the time but use almost running back like shifty hip type moves to get past a tackle peeling on a double team or somebody trying to climb to the second level I don't think Williams has that level of athleticism uh, but I also think he's a is is where he's at in terms of the stack shed stuff is better um, he's more willing to take on those guys and play through them now he's not great at it yet but I think he's able to do it so it's not a great part of his game. You can see why some people are concerned. But, again, he's disruptive. Uh, I think all over the football field can really, really run. The athlete here for Williams who checks in at just over 21 years old, I actually think he's closer to, to 21 and a half. He's number seven on Dane's big board. They give him a third or fourth round grade, 21 and three quarters for him. He's a 4-4-9, 40-yard dash guy. So you mix that in with that 2-5-9-20 in the 10-yard split, you have an elite mark. He is smaller though, 6'1, 230. So you're not getting that 6'4 and a half, 6'5, 250 Jack Campbell type. You're getting more of a a mover, right? A guy who can who can who can move a little bit better and can kind of get into creases and uh get away from blockers in a in a less traditional way. The the explosion grades at 33 and a half and a 10-foot broad are certainly more than good enough for Dorian Williams. So he sits there second on my board. For Browns linebackers, it would probably be if you erase the age guardrails, Dayon Henley. So I think Dayon Henley is out of um, Washington State. Dane's fourth-ranked linebacker uh, is an interesting study. He started out as a safety at the college level, moved over to linebacker, and has been a really fun player for Washington State. He was uh, exceptionally talented. Uh, even back to high school, he was a quarterback in high school. Uh, you could see why people would be interested in some of the stuff he's able to do, uh, Henley, in terms of like, you know, a young linebacker, but he's fast, athletic, versatile. But again, he's he's 23 and some change, right? 23 and a half. So that's a little over the Browns mold 
Um, he's got he's more, probably more will than Mike. He's got 62 games in his career, but like I said, some of those were safety nickel. Like he's been moved all over the place, uh, especially considering he started on offense. But man, like fluid hips, good speed. If they ignored that, he'd be my second guy uh, altogether here. But we we move through a guy. I think guys that are, are sort of around that threshold. The next one for me in terms of three. So if you want Jack Campbell, Dorian Williams. I would go Ivan Pace from Cincinnati next. Pace is an interesting study. He is a Mike. Sports Info Solutions is really, really high on him. Whereas, uh, you know, like Dane Brugler's guide gives him at the athletic, uh, the the I think he's the ninth overall linebacker, a fourth round grade for them, which certainly fits for the Browns. He's just over 22 years old, 22 and a quarter. Uh, a really athletic linebacker again, looking at can he, can he run. A four six two forty. Now the shuttle and three cone were only good. The explosion was only good. Where he gets hurt the most is size. So, you know, we're talking about again. Jack Campbell six four and a half. You're getting a five ten two thirty one here. Nice strong twenty two bench reps, which is good, and he can run. But I also think that there's a level of tenacity that that I think you see from Ivan Pace that you don't see necessarily show up there in some of the like some of the traditional stuff that you would. Uh, see from testing like he plays so ferociously uh, at the position he's a seventh ranked pff player on the board um so for me right he's like a, he's not he's out of ohio he's out of cincinnati area which obviously you know we like that uh, part of the ohio equation like they label him as one of the best leaders in the cincinnati program from a multiple front defense got after the quarterback like a true alpha male type for that defense leader He's got good to great lateral quickness. He can elude blocks. He plays through people, but he can play around them at the same time. There's some man coverage issues for him. But again, most linebackers are not going to be adept at playing man coverage, and you don't want them doing it all too often. You want to find creative ways to let them uh, do their do their thing, right? Um, you know, Cincinnati had put in their guide, the website bio, that he authored the greatest defensive season ever by a Bearcat in his only season at Cincinnati, transferred over from Miami, Ohio initially then came back to Cincinnati. So I think he can be a Mike. I think he can start. Would he be a project and you can maybe back up Anthony Walker and have him be a downline starter? That's where I'm interested in, right? Um, he's got to consistently execute, but but I think all the intangibles are there, in, in my opinion. He's a quarterback disruptor as a blitzer. I think he can handle run fits, step up. He's stout. Even though he's shorter, he's stout. Uh, I think he's got the ability to attack the point of attack. Like, like he just... He finds a way to sort of surprise people with this like maniacal effort, and and he's got the confidence that he can make all the plays along the field. So if you mix that with his just in general football explosiveness and ability to elude blockers, I think he's going to be a nice player and at the minimum a special teams player right off the bat. Uh, for for in my opinion, a ninety three point two PFF grade for Ivan Pace last year and eight hundred and ninety seven snaps. He had uh, one hundred and eighty pass rush snaps, so they really let him get after the quarterback. He had 46 pressures from the linebacker spot, so they were creative as hell with him, and it was effective. That's an insane amount of pressures from the linebacker spot. So 46 of those, he ended up with um, uh, three forced incompletions, 50 run stops, which is best for the position, nine coverage stops, which is tied for 98th. But again, where's he, where he at? He's disrupting blocks at the point of attack. He's rushing from the linebacker position. It's it's exactly you can get super creative with him, man, and use him in a bunch of different ways. And if you believe he can get better, more adept in your zone coverages and find uh, positions where he can sort of be hidden a little bit in man coverage, 
you got a player here, a real leader. So Ivan Pace stands out for me as the third-ranked player uh, for my Browns linebacker big board. The next one, I think that, listen, I th- <laughs> it's one that is supremely athletic. If you're talking about a guy who can who can really, really get after from an athleticism standpoint, Owen, Owen Pepo, who's uh, it's P-A-P-P-O-E is how you spell his last name out of Auburn. It's pronounced Papo. So he's six foot two twenty five out of Auburn. I think he had a really, really nice uh, uh, relative athletic score, which is important. A 29 bench reps, which is extremely strong. Vertical of 35 and a half, a 10 foot broad, a 439 40 yard dash, 252 20, and then a 10 yard split, which is a 1 5, which is extremely impressive among the elite of the elite at the linebacker stuff. Five star recruit guy, number one outside linebacker in the 2019 class. 256 tackles in his career, 15 tackles for loss, eight sacks for for Papo. He had nine passes defended in his career, a couple interceptions. He was a team captain, uh, two-time running team captain in 21 and 22. Again, all things that you like. Finally improved his PFF grade to a respectable number last year when he had uh, 75 tackles, according to Pro Football Focus. He had three forced incompletions. Uh, he had eight pressures when they did give him a chance to blitz every now and again. Uh, 18 run stops. He's a rangy guy. His best trait speed, getting sideline to sideline. He can lay a hit too, man. He can really hit you. And he can play out over the slot and do some some interesting things there too and, and be an athletic, versatile player against the right types of offensive coverage. So Papo, uh, to me, again, um, the thing he has to improve though processing speed can he figure out can he delineate what's going on in front of him get to the gap get to his responsibility be where he needs to be that will be his biggest challenge in the NFL so I think as far as a guy that you say maybe if we want to take a shot 140 142 uh, on a linebacker Papo to me stands out as a guy who's super athletic 22 and a half so at that point it wouldn't be that big of a deal I think he fits a lot of what the Browns would would look for at that spot. My last one is a familiar name, right? Um, if you paid attention to Oregon and uh, offensive line play over the past few years, um, you know, uh, Penny Sewell was the big name. Now it's Noah Sewell, who is the younger brother uh, out of uh, out of Oregon as well. is is just again a really interesting prospect. So uh, another you talked about Ivan Pace was a little bit more forward playing, a little bit more downhill, right? In terms of his ability to to play the position but do unique things as a pass rusher. Sewell is a Mike linebacker as well, but there are some challenges to like the modern-day stuff, right? So I don't think he has the the playmaking three-down ability of some modern-day guys in coverage unless the Browns think that could be developed. They think there's things they could do to get him there. But as far as like thumping downhill physicality, pedigree, uh, a competitive guy who can come off the edge and really, and like I said, rush effectively, similar to pace in that regard where he had 18 pressures last year, uh, he put together an interception, two forced incompletions. Like he can really, really move people off the line of scrimmage. Like in, in terms of, uh, that's a football player that can really disrupt the point of attack. Sewell is up there. He's an eight point three eight relative athletic score, twenty seven bench reps. He's six one two forty six, so a big thumper. But he ran a four six four, which I don't think always shows up on tape. That speed, his twenty and ten yard splits. But as far as his shuttle score, I think that displays itself every now and again. The three cone. 
I think you can see where he gets in space. He has a little bit of a, a struggle where he had in 21. He had 19 missed tackles. But, again, he's a freak athlete, so can the speed explosiveness translate? He stops ball carriers in their tracks when he gets a hold of them. Can they play him at a spot where he isn't exposed in a ton of space? Can he be a Sam linebacker for you that could take over for what Taki Taki does and blitz and be creative and move him around and let him be a part of third down packages and stuff like that? That's where I think you could get creative for him. So, again, I don't think either Papo or Sewell are going to come in and be early playing guys for you but I certainly can see where you could fit them into a very finite role uh, at the start and let their athleticism grow, take over, and maybe there is eventually a spot for them to play uh, down the line. So he's my fifth-ranked linebacker. I'm going to give you two more bonus players, all right? So with these bonus players, you're looking at a couple things. Is there a young player who could develop into a nice talent? Is there a, um, an older player that's put together some stuff uh, to, to show you that he could step in and potentially play right away. I'm drawn to two players. Servassier Dennis out of Pitt is the first guy I'm drawn to. All right, he's a little older. He's 23 and some change. I think he's just over 23 years old as I'm recording this. Um, but six foot, 225, moving type of linebacker, uh, a will linebacker by nature. I think that uh, Sports Info Solutions is really high on him, like one of the highest grades they gave to a will linebacker. Speedy, rangy. Ability with traits to play all three downs as a linebacker, according to them. Need to get stronger, prove zone awareness, I would agree. But burst acceleration, blitz effectiveness, that sideline-to-sideline range we're talking about. When I turned on some tape for Servassier, you could see why he graded so high, according to Pro Football Metrics. Really strong. He's a 4-6-4-40 guy. Strong 20-yard split. The shuttle was good enough, but the 41.5-inch vertical and 10-5 broad jump show you an explosive linebacker who, again, special teams impact right away. I think he could easily handle that, but I also think it goes beyond that. He's got 43 games in his pick career, only missed one game, a 4-3 scheme, so he's similar to what the Browns, at least understanding of what they could do. Um, third down, he's best in zone coverage through, um, you know, I think he can mix in blitzes, utilize that entire skill set that he has with speed, aggression, I think he can do the competitiveness stuff, so like a good security blanket to JOK in terms of if an injury were to come up or if you don't think he's a second contract guy because uh, he only has two more years here to prove that. I think there's a draw to somebody like Servassier Dennis, so that's an extra one. And then the last one I would throw up there is uh, Mahmoud Diabite. Uh, so Diabite is out of Utah, all right? So he is uh, a really fascinating study. He's young, so he's 21, hasn't quite turned 22 yet. And he's pretty tall, and he's got some length to him. He's 6'3", 230, every bit of it. All right, So he is a pretty good athlete, too, a 9.1 uh, RAS score, which is great. A 4'5", 240, strong 20-yard split. He had great composite agility numbers, an 11-foot broad, uh, a 34-inch vertical. So you can see the athleticism in this guy. Started out at Florida, moved over to Utah in 22, where he led the team in tackles for loss. So... Again, young, very athletic, a lot to like here. He's got aggressiveness that I like. He's an explosive linear athlete. I think at times that he doesn't process things as well as he should, and I think that there are defensive coordinators who want him to play faster. Sometimes he leaves himself out of position. But in terms of like a developmental guy who can be that more run-and-chase defender, right? can he see it, process it, run it down? He's got the speed to play edge-to-edge, speed to play sideline-to-sideline. Can you find some spots for him? You bring him in, you see if the coaching clicks, the scheme clicks for him. If you're bringing in a late linebacker, a guy who, again, can be impactful special teams and he's young enough that you think he could still develop. So I'm interested. And You're finding late prospects that you're interested in some of the tools. 
I think Mahmoud Diabate is uh, – I actually might be pronounced – I could be saying that wrong. It's Diabate. Sorry, not Diabate. So it's Diabate. Mahmoud Diabate is the name pronunciation. Utah linebacker originally with Florida. So that's my list. Jack Campbell's at the top from Iowa. Dorian Williams, second out of Tulane. My third-ranked linebacker is Ivan Pace out of Cincinnati. Owen Papo out of um, Auburn is fourth. Noah Sewell is fifth. And then a bonus to Servasier Dennis from Pitt. And then Mahmoud Diabate is the last one out of Utah as far as my bonus players goes. And if they ignored uh, you know, the age guardrail, I could certainly see Dayon Henley being a guy that they'd be interested in of Washington State, but uh, that's just me trying to sort of peg which guys they'll be most interested in based on their normal parameters. If I had to put Dayon somewhere, I'd put him probably right in front of Dorian, uh, Dorian Williams, but that's, again, we spending time on a player that the Browns might not be interested in because of how they traditionally focus, and then a guy like Henley is drafted before they would even start to consider it, maybe at pick 98. That's the tricky part of where they're picking and some of the traditional guardrails they use. So that's linebacker. We'll be back tomorrow. I think we're going to get John Colosimo on tomorrow. We'll have a fun conversation with him. I'll hit cornerbacks over the weekend. We'll get to safeties early in next week, uh, maybe by Monday, and then we're off and running. And then I'll put together – the top 10 players I hope the Browns find a way to land for me, my top 10 overall big board. I'm not going to go crazy on that. Put that together for you. And then we're just talking draft right up until Thursday, recapping it for your Friday episode, and we're off and running and breaking down every single thing the Browns do. So thanks for stopping by on this Thursday. Have a great day. Check in tomorrow morning for a podcast with John Colosimo. Like I said, I hope we can get him on. I think the plan is to do that. Have a good Friday episode for you as well. So have a good Thursday, guys. Thanks for stopping by again. Go Browns. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.